Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole worlds. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status, in recognition of their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Sup, Powerful Nonsense. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to shake it up a little each time. Bring in the uh, energy, Wayne. Yeah, you know, every time. <laughs> stuff, the opposite of what you actually are today. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying to like fake it till you make it, you know. I think, you, to... I think you blew your load early. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be all high energy and like raring to go. It's all right. The tea will kick in in a minute. At any point now. Um, welcome to the Powerful Nonsense podcast, the Millennial podcast. You're listening to your Wayne, your Wayne, your boy, your Wayne, your boy. Wayne <laughs> you tried, Jim. You tried. Anyway, back to you, Wayne. <laughs> I'm still. <laughs> I'm still waking up. If you're joining us for the first time, I am Wayne Ingram, and I am Jim Yordis. You had to think about that for a second, I did, didn't you? For a moment. I knew I should have had a coffee instead. This is going to be a great episode, as you can tell already. We are we are raring to go. We are on point. Highly professional. Absolutely. Like, Jem is, Jem is on it. Maybe, s- maybe you should take over lead hosting duties nah, uh, for that, the next episode. That's not a good plan. But you went for it. You went for it. I went for you it. You tried to steal my spot. Fell over at the first hurdle. <laughs> Stayed down. <laughs> Stayed on my back. <laughs> Looking up at the sky. Threw the bat and back over to you. <laughs> You took it. <laughs> Finished it off. Um, so we've got a cool episode today. We're going back to kind of cornerstone, powerful nonsense content today, talking about the gig economy. Yes, we are. And how we can thrive in it. Because, um, if you again, if you're listening for the first time, one of the cornerstones for what we think is crucial to the millennial lifestyle that we all supposedly want is entrepreneurship, self-employment, freelance style work. And the gig economy itself is making it incredibly easy to kind of start out as kind of doing self-employed stuff as a little side hustle. Mm -hmm. Um, So the gig economy is often the first step for people in building up client bases, this and the other. So we thought, given that it's really kind of on the rise at the minute, might be worth doing an episode devoted to. Yeah, for sure. I think the gig gig economy has obviously a lot of... um problems there as well i think it's easy to get into but there's a lot of things especially when you're doing it beside your side job there's a lot of things to consider and i think i've, I've noticed a lot of my friends now are either going self-employed or they've started doing a little thing on the side and then it throws up a whole hurdle of problems as well so today we're going to break some of those down yes yes we will yes um so um i'm going to start with uh 
talking about a little article that uh, tech was it a little article how little um about mm, six seven hundred words decent was that was that little enough for you does that that quantify as a little article i know you're not a big fan of the old reading so i thought that must have been a really really short short piece when you think of short article how how short do you think jim yeah about 500 words okay yeah so how what did not it say? like not like a level three reading book at school it's <laughs> no. like is he in the cupboard no, <laughs> no. end of book <laughs> <laughs> no it was significantly longer than that <laughs> um but uh it was from TechCrunch. And uh, they were saying, and we've kind of talked uh, along similar lines before, that in the future, uh, they don't think employees are going to exist in the same way that they do now. And that we're basically going to go to a mostly contracted, if not fully contracted, slash freelance, slash self-employed economy, whereby a lot of the big companies will start contracting out the work rather than necessarily having someone on full time yeah and i think that's obviously good for the companies in some ways because there's a lot of like regulations on what you have to give to employees you've got all the benefits you've got holiday pay and all this sort of stuff Mm -hmm. but at the same time as well i think you actually get in people that are highly skilled and highly niche down in what they're good at and i think when you've got these uh contractors they have to make they have to hit the results like they can't just be a sort of passive employee and mm-hmm. kind of get away with working right and so actually it works massively in the benefits of the employee employer because you're going to literally get someone who's skilled and constantly skilled at what they do and more likely they're doing it at multiple companies so they're getting quite a wide variety of skill sets and they're seeing businesses from all angles and maybe they've kind of put themselves into one field of expertise mm-hmm. And that way you're going to get someone who's going to be probably more highly qualified or at least someone who's continuing to learn because they're standing on their own. Well, they've got to stand up for themselves. They've got to go and get their own work. And so they know they need to be of a high caliber. Right, exactly. And and so I I think it's getting to the point now, as you kind of were saying, where big businesses and even small businesses now, in fact, we'll get to the small businesses later because I think that's a key point for near the end of the episode. But businesses generally are now starting to see the advantages of having somebody on a contract basis rather than on a um, full employment basis. Because what happens with a lot of the time with the full employment basis is sometimes for certain jobs, people are kind of trying to find things for people to do because they're paying them to be there. So they may as well utilize them whilst they're there because they're paying them by the hour or whatever. Um, And also because it's also as you kind of alluded to, um, has the expectation of exclusivity of their time. And um, therefore, the person they're paying has a much more limited perspective on the work that they're doing because they're not dealing with multiple clients, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So everything's shifting that way. In fact, um, at least in the United States, a lot of evidence suggests that 40% of the workforce is going to be self-employed contractors, freelancers by 2020, I think it was. It's probably, it's probably moved for moved back a little bit since, since that study was done, I would have thought. But I mean, Microsoft itself is using two, two thirds of its employment are self-employed. Um, so given that all evidence is pointing to the direction that, we're talking about which is massive workforce shift to contracted self-employed freelance work 
Um, and as we said at the top of the episode, gig economy being kind of the gateway into getting into that market as a worker. We wanted to talk about what it is that you can do to kind of survive in the gig economy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, over to you, Jim. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking as well, because it just popped into my head, like when people think about the gig economy, if you kind of like broke down how long you probably actually work while you're at your job, mm-hmm. like that might be, I mean, like solid work, yeah. that might only be like one or two hours of your day. Mm-hmm. And so actually it kind of shows that that gig economy works really well in the sense that, because I know when I've done work for people and you, or you might be contracted people and they might want you on a day rate or something like that, but you might only do two, three hours of work. And I think that's interesting, that yeah. sort of perspective that's on true. the gig economy that actually when you realise that if you were focused on the work you were doing each day, you'd only do like an hour or two anyway or focus yeah. work, get the work done, which means you've kind of got another potential for two other clients. Mm-hmm. Imagine that person who's paying you for a whole day's work. Yeah. He's literally only getting like two, three hours best out of you because no one's going to work solid for eight no. on one no. job or one task. I certainly don't. <laughs> I can I can attest to that. <clears throat> I, I I have moments where my energy dips and I have mm-hmm. moments where I'm working at peak capacity, and that change that's a diff, that's different from each day. Like mm-hmm. I have certain times where I'm obviously more productive because body clock and all that. Um, mm-hmm. But there'll also be times where I'll completely dip. And that could just be because I've just worked solidly for two hours and my brain's gone, whoa, slow down. Um, yeah. And, and I think, as you say, the gig economy, because well, the gig economy is often worked on a task-by-task basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so often it's short, as, it's short bursts of focused work. Well, I think that's pretty same as when you go to, when I was working full-time, it was like, well, you got to get this video done this week. And you're like, okay, well, that's a week to finish the video. Mm-hmm. And that's my only real solid duty other than respond to a email whether people are going for some birthday lunch or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i thought a good place actually obviously talking about the issues that um the gig economy brings it might be good just for both of us to kind of express because we're pretty much within that gig economy foundations so that just sort of kind of yeah. share what we do in the gig economy and then we can kind okay. of bounce our own problems that we face doing it because i know we're quite <laughs> varied in the t- little jobs and little gigs we do do and then we can kind of throw, well, what problem I have, what problem you have, and then that might be give people a bit more sort of a perspective. Yeah, I was thinking that might be just doing editorial live on the podcast. I was thinking that might be better to do in the second half of the episode. Okay. Just so to just, kind of cover some basic gig economy stuff. Okay, so we'll just throw out some um, problems I'm, I, I'm aware of for the gig economy. Um, okay, so things like, I think with the gig economy, I think it's important that you have to be... Um, particularly when you're starting out, to be kind of multifaceted. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's a good idea when you're starting out in the gig economy necessarily unless you have a pre-existing client base to put yourself into one sort of category of this is what I do. because And also you're... Because we talk about the need for multiple revenue streams. Um, Some examples of the gig economy that most people know about is things like Uber. Uh, That's gig economy stuff. Fiverr, if you've heard of Fiverr, gig economy stuff. Um, things like Deliveroo and all that sort of stuff. Those things where it's small little tasks um, that people will pay for, usually these days, through the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could be like an Uber driver, for example, and that's great, but 
it may, might also benefit you to be on Fiverr for any other skills that you have, mm-hmm. which then means that when Uber's a bit quiet, you can hop onto Fiverr, or when Fiverr's a bit quiet, you can hop over to Uber. And mm-hmm. it's a, about this flexibility mm-hmm. around the sorts of work that you're doing and also ensuring that there's enough work out there. Which comes on to another point, which I think is really important. Can I just jump onto that one quickly? Yeah. So I was just going to say, with the whole multifaceted as well, I think when you're starting out, you've got to kind of know where your best skill sets lie. So like for me, when I was saying I was digital content producer, that kind of covers, I could do photography, I could do video, I yeah. could do audio, I could do graphics. And so I pretty much, when I started out, was kind of like, I could do everything, what do you need? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of realize slowly, that, okay, maybe graphic design doesn't pay as well as making a video for somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I think it works in that sense. And also you have to know which part do you enjoy because you might find out that video makes the most money, but actually that's not the bit you enjoy the most. And so mm-hmm. how do you kind of bump up the clients? But I do think like what you said there about the more multifaceted you are initially, you can kind of test many different markets because exactly. there is a ceiling on an Uber, how many hours you put in and how much you get per hour. Yeah. But if actually you're quite good at graphic design and then you get, uh, you start finding that you can sit at home and you get a lot more higher quality clients who pay you a lot better, then that's obviously a better route to take. Right, exactly. Um, so uh, that then leads on to the other point that I was talking about. And this is the thing about the gig economy, which I think is why it's still taking a little bit of time to really pick up momentum, is we're still in this debate about stability versus flexibility. And this debate as to whether or not you're better off being stable in your full-time job or whether or not you'd rather have some flexibility. And actually, evidence is showing now that millennials are actually would rather take the pay drop to have the flexibility than to be paid more and have a stable income um, because it allows for things like travel at a moment's notice and things like this because we're so focused on lifestyle. Um But what the gig economy does is it allows pretty much full flexibility. Mm -hmm. You can turn off all all of these platforms that you're on and say, no, I'm not available for the next week. That's fine. Um, You then just have to make sure that you've got a solid enough client base that when you do turn the switch back on to say I'm back, that there are customers Mm -hmm. (laughs) there waiting for you. Um, But it does allow that full flexibility. I also think, yeah, like you said there, I think initially you got that flexibility and the stability comes where when you talk about stability, we're talking about how making money, the finances that people are making. And I do think when you start off in the gig economy, well, first, usually you're doing it on the side of your job and then suddenly it gets to a point where it's maybe making enough just to cover your expenses and then maybe you jump ship. And But the good thing is, which I found and I think a lot of my friends are finding who are starting to go self-employed is that initially it looks like you, you've take on all that massive flexibility lots of free time and you're making enough just enough to get by but i think what happens is you've got that sort of is they call it like the bell curve or something it's mm-hmm. kind of that idea that it looks like it dips your finances but then what happens is you get better at selling you get better at understanding what clients need you get better at how to pitch yourself and then suddenly it starts peaking up again it goes beyond what you were earning before and i find that this seems to be the kind of trend and i think it's whether people can I know you get to that point where you're ready to jump from the gig economy to making the gig economy your full-time gig. It's not no longer a side gig anymore. It's the full-time thing. But I feel like it's actually when you get that skill, those skill sets, those entrepreneurial skill sets, that actually it starts to work in your favor. And then suddenly you've got the flexibility and you've got the stability and it starts overtaking what you had before. And I always find that when I speak to my friends who have, I mean, they've, now some of them have been self-employed for a couple of years now, they always say, I can't believe I didn't do it sooner. 
And I think it just forces you to learn all these sales skills, which is so important mm. to the gig economy and understanding the marketplace. That's the toughest one. I think once you understand where your skill fits in, that's when it can really, really sort of show the rewards of it. Yeah. So let's briefly talk about the marketplace uh, for a minute and then we'll we'll have a quick break. Um, because I think this is one of the, the biggest challenges is about navigating that, particularly in the first instance. Um, it's knowing where to pitch yourself, how to pitch yourself, um, to whom to pitch yourself. And I think it can be a really, really, really big challenge. It's one of the biggest challenges I personally have faced going into the gig economy side of things um, specifically. Because also I, I think it's important to differentiate even though it's um, an ideological differentiation, I think, the gig economy is a very specific thing beyond being self-employed. I think there is a differentiation. I think over time that differentiation will shrink and people will refer to the, the gig economy in the same way that they refer to the internet now as social media. Um, and I think that will eventually start to happen. Um, but at the minute, there is a difference. And I think being involved in the gig economy is these lots of different little jobs um, that aren't necessarily a big, big task. Whereas I think being self-employed can cover things like essentially being a contractor for an employer mm-hmm. um, or, you know, even owning your own shop, for mm-hmm. example. Uh, those are self-employed things. The gig economy is these things like um, these small tasks. So in the example of an Uber driver, a gig would be one person wants a taxi, you go pick them up, you go drop them off, that's your gig. It was funny actually, yesterday I got an Uber and then we got in the car and um, we were chatting to our Uber driver and he was like, oh yeah, he was like, oh, what do you do? And he was, always, he was asking us about our business and then after he was like, oh yeah, I'm doing Uber but I'm also building up my clothing business on the side. I was like, oh wicked, right. have you got a shop then? He was like, oh no, 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 it's all online, I just buy stuff from China and sell it on eBay. And I was like, wow, this guy is like a complete example of someone who is using the gig economy. And he said, when I drive Uber, he goes, when I've got to drop my deliveries to people in London, I'll mm-hmm. just drive there. And then once I need to drive back, I'll switch my Uber on. And then I on the that's way back, a, I... That's genius. And I was like, do you know what? I think that's becoming very, very common where people yeah. are finding ways to be flexible. And you can see, like, I think... Um, Uber have literally been doing some great ads at the moment. I don't know if you've seen them popping up. No. Oh, the A to B stuff. Kind of, well, stuff, no, not that. It's just them. Um, they've been doing sort of like, oh kind of comparing being an uber driver to working in a supermarket kind of the idea that you can clock off whenever you want to yeah like you don't have to wait for the lunch bill at the end of the day like you decide okay i want lunch switch my machine off i'll go for lunch oh i want to meet my auntie okay switch it off and it's kind of the Mm. idea that you're totally in control of your time but anyway back to your point um no it's gone Lost it. Did I knock your point out? Yeah. I think you were saying about the differentiation between self-employed and um, the gig economy. Yeah, which was a segue from talking about the market, the marketplace. Yes. Um, So I think one of the biggest challenges that I think you really have to get your head around is uh, really leveraging the marketplace, which I think will bring us in a moment nicely to the point that you want to say at the top of the show which is describing the sorts of things that we do and navigating the marketplaces there etc etc wonderful we'll take a break (laughs) and then we'll come to that in a second so we need to give a massive thank you to the sponsor of the show the university of northampton which is where we used to spend our formative years um, we were thrown together in halls and the rest, as they say, is history. Um, but they're a perfect match for the show because, as you've heard in this episode, we like to talk about entrepreneurship and self-employment and freelance and 
all the entrepreneurial skills that come with that as well. And the University of Northampton has recognised that the world is going in that direction, as we've been talking about in this episode. So they don't just focus on ensuring that you get a degree and that you'll get a qualification at the end of your university tenure. Um, But they also have a massive focus on the development of entrepreneurial skills, specifically in the realm of social enterprise and change maker, uh, which is all about making the world a better place. Um, So if you're thinking, yeah, I do want to get a degree and I do want to get qualifications and I do want to study at a higher level, but I'm also thinking maybe I want to set up a business as well when I finished university, then I think the University of Northampton would probably be a pretty damn good fit. Uh, So check them out, northampton.ac.uk. And a huge thank you to them for continuing to support the show. So. So. Where are we going? We wanted to talk about what we're doing and our experiences in the gig economy and the challenges that we faced and how that then helps us to navigate the marketplace. Cool. So, Wayne, what... I think the tea's kicking in now. Is that it? My my brain's... My brain... It feels like my brain's starting to function. The tea's kicked in. <laughs> My watermelon smoothie isn't kicking in. <laughs> no, there's no caffeine in that, though. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes. Yeah, so, um, do you want to start, or shall I start? I think you should because you've got a massively wide variety. I, I should. <laughs> you've got a massive wide variety <laughs> of gigs. <laughs> um, but it's true. Um, <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was actually thinking as we were recording the first half of this episode that actually, because in case you don't know, guys, I'm an actor. I mentioned it very little. I'm an actor, don't uh, you know? But, <laughs> but I was actually thinking how much the acting world is gig economy. Or it is. It is gig economy, yeah. but it's not. Gig economy wasn't a thing until mm. recently. Um, and I'm thinking maybe somebody should come up with a platform for filmmaking gig economy style. Just little gigs to do. Yeah, but specifically for the filmmaking market. So you can find a writer, you can find a director, you can find a... I think there's money there in There you that. go. Business idea. Business Live idea. on air. That is what you get with the Powerful Nonsense crew. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so I'm an actor, so that puts me in the gig economy. Um, but the platforms aren't really there, as I've just mentioned, um, to kind of support that. But that is part of the gig economy. But one of the platforms that I do use around my acting is... Fiverr for voice work. Now, a lot of voiceover artists don't like Fiverr. They say a lot, it's selling out, a, selling it too cheap. Yeah, there's a lot of stigma around Fiverr because it's kind of like, it's a, they feel like it's a race to the bottom and it's devaluing the skill, etc., etc. And I completely understand that. The reason I'm on Fiverr is to try and build up my voice reel, to build up my portfolio. Experience. So then I can go, exactly. So then I can go on to bigger and better things later on. But one thing that I do want to go into the gig economy for, but it's quite an upfront investment, which is what's holding me back, unless I can price it right, is um, WordPress web design. Because mm. I've got it down. And I know what I'm doing with it now. But it's just about pricing it right. But it's the gig economy functions best, I think, on low-priced stuff. Um, and I'm just not sure I can get the pricing right for WordPress web development on the gig economy, because I'm not sure it's low enough price anyway. So that's kind of the extent of my gig economy. Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, I guess mine doesn't really pick up from like any platforms. 
Mine is more just what I do. Like I said, I can do graphics. I can mm-hmm. do photography. I can. Yours is slightly more traditional. Yeah, yeah. It's and it kind of falls in. I could do video work. I can do a little bit of WordPress here and there. I can. I know I can just do lots of different bits and pieces, but also that also comes with issues because then you have to sort of juggling a hundred different things, and some you prefer better than the others, but sometimes they pay good, and so mm-hmm. it is always balancing it out. But I do think there are. I mean, if I wanted, like right now, if I wanted video work or something, I'll just go on to. There are some websites out there that people are looking for. I know a video production something, or mm-hmm. I want a graphic designer or freelancer, elancer, and you could pitch and bid on all these things, and so I just think for both of us it kind of works for us number one we want the flexibility we wouldn't have the time mm-hmm. to do podcasting and stuff like that if we had to be in oh, one place the whole time no. but on what you were saying there before about wordpress and stuff i think even in the pricing you think if you work for someone i don't know what the average per hour is but just say it was 10 or 15 or 20 pound i don't know what job you're in but um you got to think if a gig say you needed to edit a wordpress site and someone just wanted their homepage changed when you're good at something, that might only take you 15 minutes and you could charge like 30 to 50 pound. And so that yeah. can stack really quickly. Or if you're really good and you work with the right company, they might be like, look, I want the website overhauled and we've got a budget of two and a half grand. And you're like, two and a half grand, that's going to take me like a day to do. <laughs> Literally, yeah. which could happen. Yeah. Another funny thing, even with, um, I wanted to mention this on the gig economy stuff, like I've used these platforms to outsource the work that I've, got so if someone wanted animations made i'm not great at animation i can do it but i'm so slow Mm -hmm. and it takes me time where i've gone and got a client that's paid me a good sum of money to make an animation video i've gone over to fiverr and found somebody and paid them not a fiverr i've paid them like 150 200 pound to do the animation for me but at the same time i've gone and like i know five i know maybe got a couple of grand for doing that and i've outsourced it so it's kind of like mm. the gig economy works in that sense as well if you start getting good at having the client base you can literally start using these platforms to have your own little agency yeah. which is quite interesting and i've seen that i've seen that a lot and i some of the voiceover work that i've done through fiverr has been very much that i've been talking to uh, my client who's then been referring to their client going well my client wants this and that one mm-hmm. and, there. and i'm like well that's fine because you're my client so <laughs> uh, if you say your client wants that then you're my client so I'll do that for you because you're my client. <laughs> and so you end up with this kind of multi-tiered hierarchy of, and ultimately is this sometimes this massive project that's going on on a, on a organizational level that you've been a part of, which is kind of cool mm-hmm. in of itself, particularly for the CV sometimes. Mm-hmm, for sure. And the, and the portfolio rather than the CV. Let's use portfolio. Yeah. Um, but that's why I think it's part of the lure of this or gig economy. Cause I do think that, you start realizing you can make these little odd bits of money here and there, hundred pound, fifty pound, two hundred pound, thousand pound, all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then I think sometimes the the real struggle is starting to kind of rein it in and choose which ones do you go for. Yeah. Because soon enough you'll try to do a bit of everything and it can get and then you might get really good at something and suddenly like if you got a high rate and on Fiverr, suddenly you might get loads of people sending you work That's and it, it might literally Blow up bombard overnight. you and you can't work anymore because you now think, well, I can't do all that other stuff I enjoy yeah. because I've got so many clients. Obviously, you can switch it on and off, but you just, it's, it's a tough one because the gig economy works well, but at the same time, you've got to kind of narrow it down on what you want to do. Yeah. And the, I, the goal really of the gig economy is to get really good at something. Yeah one thing maybe or a couple of things and then just they're the things you focus on and they pay you highly and then you're pretty much that's it you're sorted then because yeah. that's the goal but i think the thing to remember as well is we're talking uh, about the gig economy in these very uh, positive terms but it's not a shortcut to 
freedom. No. Um, and I think that, that can be a mistake that a lot of people make early on, particularly when they see platforms like Fiverr and they're like, wait, I can put just like a, a thing up and then people will just flood me with money. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be like inundated and I'm just never going to have to work in a day job ever again because I've put this thing up. Um, it doesn't happen like that. You've got to put a lot of time and a lot of effort, mm-hmm. a lot of work into it. A lot of upfront financial investment as well sometimes Mm -hmm. in order to get it off the ground. Well, it's time as well. But I think the main thing to consider with the gig economy is that, look, it literally is, it might be hard to make the big bucks replace your job, but it's very easy to let it replace two, three, four hundred pound additional income a month. And that to some people could be massive. Yeah. And that's it. If you can, if you can get into a position where your gig economy stuff is, uh, you know, producing a third of your income per month, let's Mm -hmm. say then actually that puts you in a very strong position to go from a full-time job to a part-time job and then have half of your time freed up because now, uh, which then you can then put back into, and then it just becomes this path of growth because then you can steadily transition because then you've got more time to put into your gig economy stuff, which means then you can pop it up to two thirds and then maybe 80% of your income. And then you get into a position where you go, can I afford to take the pay cut by just going into this full time now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can, then that's how you then tra- transition into full time gig economy stuff, which then in turn means you've got more time to put into it, more time to invest into it, mm-hmm. which means theoretically you should be able to g- grow quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I just think that, like you say, it's not even just about the additional money that you might earn from it. It is that flexibility it means mm-hmm. that you now have a load of time you didn't have before. Most people can't increase their income because they haven't got the time to figure out how to do it or who right. to talk to or how to network or how to get better at sales or how to pitch themselves. Right. So like the gig economy works in the sense that you will, if you can get to the point where you're making more money in less time, you're going to free yourself up to take on bigger opportunities, improve your skill sets, and that's just going to snowball. Exactly. And I, I think it kind of goes back to what I kind of said at the beginning of the episode is the fact that people are now in a position where they're happy to take a pay cut in order to have the flexibility. And I always say, like, who's who's wealthier? Is it the person that earns 70 grand a year but works six days a week from seven in the morning till 10 o'clock at night? Or is it the person that earns 30 grand and works two days a week from seven till 10? I'd argue the person that works two days a week is wealthier because mm-hmm. they have this other time that they can invest into other things that they get that they're passionate about whether that is just spending more time with their family for example Mm -hmm. but the point is they have the flexibility to do that and that for me i think is a much more ideal situation to be in which i think is why the gig economy is so tempting to get into as well you just got to look at these trends and these stats that we're throwing out there if people are going to go and contract people into their organizations what's going to stop them from potentially firing you in the future and say actually i can get your job done cheaper and at the same time mm-hmm. you can only protect yourself by knowing that you have other streams of income in these little side gigs you do so if that was to happen if that was the worst case scenario you know you've still got some money coming in so i just think it's like an option that everybody should just dip their toes in yeah and just explore because i do think as well psychologically when you make some money off your own back without an employee giving it to you it's going to make you feel wow i'm in yeah. control of my money i can control where i go from here yeah and i, I think it will it will have that moment you'll have that moment where a, a switch will flick in your head and you'll go oh shit this is actually a possibility 
I don't actually need somebody to offer me a job for me to earn money. And that's when you'll start changing your relationship with your finances. You'll start changing your relationship with money. You'll start changing the way you perceive earning your cash and the way that you perceive your work life looking for the future. So I think it's definitely something worth at least trying out. And we actually have something that we've had for a long time that could help you with this. That's just popped into my head that we should direct you to because a lot of you are probably thinking that's all great, but I work ridiculous hours, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But if you want to try this enough, you'll find the time. And in order to help you do that, we put together quite a while back now. It's probably a couple of years old now, isn't it? Um, Still relevant. But still relevant because all the rules still apply. Um, An ebook, which you can download for free from PowerfulNonsense.com, which is how to make time for your side hustle. Uh, So PowerfulNonsense.com forward slash side hustle. You can download that for free. And there's a few little tips and tricks in there that me and Jem have kind of learned along the way in order to make things a little bit easier. So you can check that out. Good stuff. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, but before we wrap it up, I said we were going to start something new. And I'm going to I'm going with it. Gonna do I'm it committing to it. I'm okay. going to do it now. Yeah. Cuz I want to commit to this. So I've got a social media cliche bingo for you. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh someone on holiday in a hot country, usually a woman. What do they post? Sorry, women, but it's true. It's usually you. What do they post? Oh, on the beach, looking down at their legs, <laughs> and the sea's just ahead of them. Yes, that's ding, it. Ding, 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 ding. A bonus point for you, if you can recall the kind of uh, um, the common name for that photo. Ah. <sighs> that style of photo or what do you mean like I don't know what the I don't know what the name is there but what do you mean like the status that goes along with it or? Uh, not the status that goes along with it some people refer to that particular type of photo now in a particular I, I, I don't know that one sorry uh, the answer was hot dogs or legs uh. <laughs> <laughs> and that was social media cliche bingo <laughs> uh, so also if you do have any others because I will run out of ideas eventually <laughs> <laughs> if you do have any others, send them over Wayne at PowerfulNonsense.com. I want to make this a regular thing. <laughs> uh, and I will commit to it, goddammit. <laughs> uh, so we'll wrap up there. Again, if you are looking to kind of delve into the gig economy, maybe check out um, how to make time for your side hustle, PowerfulNonsense.com forward slash side hustle. Doesn't necessarily go into the specifics of the gig economy, but certainly about managing your time out whilst also running a regular day job um so thanks very much for tuning in if you haven't hit that subscribe button yet please do um either on uh, itunes uh, the podcast app stitcher stitcher or any other podcast platform that we may be on that i'm not necessarily aware of <laughs> your podcast platform of choice um <laughs> and um yeah hit us up on twitter or instagram at pn underscore podcast on twitter or at powerful underscore nonsense on um yeah that's it that's all so thanks very much for tuning in and we shall catch you next time see you later